Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. I think at the core, I will always build and do things that I'm passionate about. So I would say like at Snapchat, at TikTok or any of the big companies that I've been in, I still have the causes that I championed when I was an entrepreneur. My name is Spree Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. My name is Bev Sloan, and I'm currently teaching myself to code through a variety of sources, including Udemy, Free Code Camp, YouTube, etc. My best advice to anyone would be to believe in yourself and believe that you can do it. Have the confidence and the patience with yourself in order to succeed. And just remember that it's not a race and you'll get there whenever you're meant to reach your goal. You can find me on Instagram as bsloan167. If you too want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. We would not be able to support and celebrate women in tech around the world if it weren't for you. Thank you so much for being a listener and a fan of the show. To contribute and donate, simply go to womenintech.fm on the upper right-hand side and click Donate, which empowers us to continue celebrating women in tech around the world. Thank you for being a part of our journey. I gave a talk today to a virtual event called Ladies Lounge. Shout out to Ladies Lounge. It was super cool because um, so many people wrote in the chat and then they connected with me after the event and I even got to talk to some of them on the phone. It was amazing how that connection wave happens. But it was called the Productivity Toolkit to be a Powerful Girl Boss. And I'd actually never given a presentation on productivity tools, but it is a personal hobby of mine to collect them. I've been collecting productivity tools, like legit collecting them since uh, 2012. I, I have thousands in my database. And so I was just going through a few. So I'm going to read you some because everybody loved it so much. So in case you don't know, there's this amazing resource I recently found to hire interns, quality marketing interns for as low, I sound like a sales pitch. This is literally like one of the tools of my price for as low as $230 for three months. And they work up to 10 hours a week. And uh, it's really awesome. It's a win-win for everybody because they need the experience in order to get a full-time paid job. Of course, us as, as business people, we need the support. And then Acadium wants to place them with jobs. So like a full circle, it's just totally win-win. And so it's called the Cadium. Um, I do have a $50 uh, code of some sort. I guess I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. So a Cadium, in case you want more virtual assistant support. And by the way, I'm not paid by any of these. This, I'm a paying customer to all of these. Um, I use Fancy Hands. I've used them for years. And so Fancy Hands is really inexpensive virtual assistant. I think it's like $40 a month and you get a certain number of tasks and it's amazing. They're all US-based virtual assistants. I, I, I'll be 
be a customer of theirs forever. Superhuman, I'm sure you all have heard of Superhuman. It's a laser fast gamified and email inbox experience. Um, you have to get an invitation. So let me know if you want an invitation to that. But it's just, it is awesome. It literally makes it fun to check emails, which is weird. There's a podcast um, on 20 Minute VC podcast, which is an awesome podcast if you haven't heard it. And they interview the founder, Raul, and he talks about his theory of gamification. It's very interesting. We'll link to that episode in the show notes as well. I'll do a couple more because I don't want this to go on too long. To share podcast links, there's Plank. I use Pretty Link for branded links. To social share your, you know, like Linktree kind of stuff that you put in your in your social bios, there's lnk.bio. For social media scheduling, Puebler.io. I actually met the founder of this company. He's based in Macedonia. He's amazing. And it's been really, really great. Again, I'm not sponsored by any of these. I, I'm a paying customer. Recently, I used Caster to simulcast across all my um, social channels. And it worked out really great. So if you want to take a Zoom and put it across all your social channels, it's super awesome. I'm just going to do a couple more. And then I'll, you know, if you want more, message me at Esprit Devorum. I'm happy to give you more hookups on tools. Squadcast is amazing for high quality remote audio recording. Like if you're wanting to get into podcasting or you're already a podcaster looking for a remote solution, dude, Squadcast is the bomb. Um, I use Simplecast to get my podcasts on Apple and all the other distribution channels. Um, A-Text is great to get text snippets and post them anywhere really easy. I also use Text Expander. Last one I'll say is Workflowy is like a powerful, powerful bullet list like note-taking program. All right. Enjoy the next episode. It's too long of me talking. I hope those helped. You probably took notes. I'll see you in the next one. Bye. to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited for our next guest. You are about to be blown away and inspired by her story. Welcome, Chriselle. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so grateful that you want to have me. So let's kick it off. Go ahead. Tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So I am a marketing strategist at TikTok. Basically, that means I just come up with a strategy in how we're going to grow, how are people going to know about our brand and so on. I moved to America when I was 16 years old from the Philippines. That's good. That must have been a huge culture shock. 16 is significant. Yeah. That's crazy. It's pretty old when I came here and I went to UCLA, started working in tech. And did you start at UCLA at 16? I went to high school. And then I started at UCLA. I think I was 18. I want to dive into that just for a second. I know it has nothing to do with tech, but what was that like adjusting to not only like a new city, but a huge city like LA? I mean, WTF. Like, how did you adjust (laughs) at 16 years old? No, it was insane. In the Philippines, I studied at University of the Philippines, which is it's a lab school in the country where a lot of the education programs are started. Right. So I had a ton of touches in America. So like I get to watch American TV shows. Yeah. Um, my parents taught me to be like globalized, whatever yeah. that means. But when I moved to America, it was definitely a shock. I remember I didn't talk a ton in high school. Yeah. I was just like, oh, my God. And then the first day I came to America, I went to the high school 
Someone mm. invited me to join a gang, which was crazy. A gang? <laughs> yeah. Stop. Yeah. Did you, wait, okay. Did you know what an LA gang was? No, not at all. So it, for you, it could have been a positive thing. It could have been like, yeah, yeah I'll be part of your gang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I thought it was positive. When I think of gang, I just thought it was like step up. Like, yeah. we're going to do a dance <laughs> gang. And then people were like, no, absolutely not. That's and they're like, well, me a McDonald's. Crazy. I'm like, they want to be a McDonald's. <laughs> <gasps> That's crazy. And then what happened? And then I soon figured out that that was not the case. Yeah. So I told my dad to pick me up inside the room and then like, let's rush home <laughs> before That's anyone sees me. crazy. Okay, so that was a huge adjustment. And then how did you end up, if you don't mind me asking, it's just really interesting. How did you end up finding your initial group of friends? Yeah, so it's so funny. When I moved to America, everyone's just like, look, there are Asians here. Go sit with them. And the Asians in my specific high school came from a specific part of the country who did not speak the language that I was speaking initially. So I couldn't really communicate to them. I was just like, oh, I don't know what to say. (laughs) And did you speak English when you got to L.A.? Yeah. So English was my first language. Yeah. I had to learn Tagalog in school. Yeah. Which is a Filipino language. Yeah, which is a Filipino language. So when I moved to L.A., I just went straight to English. But, I mean, I spoke English with a Filipino accent. Interesting. Okay, so you didn't join a gang is what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) That would be insane. (laughs) You never know. You don't want to make assumptions, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And then you end up going to UCLA. Yeah. Was UCLA part of your tech trajectory? No, not at all. So both my parents are doctors. So when I moved to America, I was like, I'll be a doctor. I studied psychology and linguistics. I thought I was going to be a doctor the first year, second year, realized I'm not smart enough for that. So I'm like, well, if you're a speech therapist, people call you doctors. So I'll just be a speech therapist. Yeah. During that time, I already had this like small business in the Philippines where I would build websites for people. And I had a a blog on yeah. Sangha and Blogger and then yeah. I would saw like MySpace profiles. That's so cool. So, you were very entrepreneurial. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I didn't know it was a career until one of my friends invited me to join his company because I was always broke. He's yeah. like, well, you should get a job in the company I'm working at. This is when you were still in the Philippines. No, here in the oh, this at UCLA. Here. Okay, at yeah, UCLA. So, UCLA. So I worked at this company and they told me to keep staying in tech because... I will always have a job. Um, And around this time, it was when L.A. had its first hackathon and it it was with a group of my friends. So I worked with a ton of my tech friends and all of my friends started moving from fashion design to everyone now as a developer. My roommate started moving into developing as well. So, yeah, I got into tech. When did you parlay into what you do now? Yeah. So it's so funny. After college, I tried to still be a speech therapist. So I did that for three months and I realized I couldn't do it. I started working in this company where we would do like web dev, SEO. The owner fired me for speaking Tagalog to his employees in the Philippines. What? Like, I think one of the employees in the Philippines was like, I don't understand the instructions. So I typed it out in Tagalog. He took screenshots of our screen and then 
put me in a meeting. And that day he gave me three new clients. So I know he wasn't planning on it, but he fired me. And then after that, I just went straight into tech, learned how to code and then did the whole thing. Oh my gosh, it's so interesting. Do you think it's because he felt threatened that he couldn't control the communication or something? Like, I, that's so weird. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea. I think it might be. He also told the like some members of the company like he just didn't trust me because he think I will start a company with his people in the oh, Philippines. Wow. Which I'm like, no. Wow. <laughs> and here you are just trying to be a good teammate. That's yeah. crazy. And I'm like way under the pole. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're working this job and you're like, okay, let me immerse myself deep in tech. You start learning how to code. Yeah. And then walk us. What's next? So I started going to our friends in Venice. So they would all code there in the afternoon. Right. Um. So I learned Python. I le- learned Swift. I joined a company called Feet Socks where they did a ton of e-commerce. And, and how did you learn how to code? I took a ton of classes on Udacity, Team Treehouse. And Team the, Treehouse is really great. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. And the, I think the first class there is teaching you how to build a Netflix. What? So like, That's I remember so I'm cool. like, look, I have the code for Netflix now. That's so crazy. Okay, so you learn how to code yeah. and you're off with your homies in Venice. Yeah. And you're not in a gang. Yeah. <laughs> and then what happens? And then I started, I joined this company called Feet Socks. Um, what do they do? So it's an e-com company. They partnered with Ali Raisman, built a ton of socks, sold but them on socks. Shopify. Yeah. Like socks you, you wear in your shoes. And yeah. Normal socks. Yeah. Okay. But I built their Shopify, built all their emails and all the marketing, put some SEO there. Everything that I've learned. Right. I basically put in that. Come January... I started a company called Jara. Jara, you, your own company. Yeah, my okay, own company. Cool. Jara is a gamified device. It's kind of like a Game Boy. Yeah, where you can teach children all over the world whatever education program they need to be. Because the first case was in Nepal. Basically, yeah. in Nepal, kids aren't able to learn because they had a really massive earthquake. Right. So kids were out of school. So we built this program that's crank powered, solar powered. They don't need any electricity. And it's kind of like flashcard system so that they can learn while they're out of school. That's so cool. And then what happened? And then I moved to the Philippines. Oh, what? You left Los Angeles and moved back to the Philippines. Yeah. And then what happened? After that. Talking to you. It's like (laughs) listening to a suspense novel. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm glad. But um, I moved to the Philippines. I joined... Binibining Filipinas, which is a precursor to Miss Universe um, and Miss World Philippines. That has nothing to do with tech. No, but <laughs> I did it because in the Philippines, the country believes in three people. The, right. I think it's like three Bs, basketball, boxing and beauty pageants. Wow. So if you are bringing a charity to the Philippines, the best way is to join a pageant. Oh, wow. OK. You become kind of like a spokesperson yeah. for social good. So I loved it. I went to the Philippines for that. We eventually built a school in it's called Pangayawan Elementary School in Mindanao. Okay. And Mindanao had an ISIS issue back then. So I really wanted to help them out. So yeah, I did a pageant there. (laughs) Wait, hold table for a second. What happened to your company? I was bringing it there, raising money, scaling it up. Eventually I stopped working there and I handed it off to my co-founder. But yeah. May I ask why? Why I stopped working at the company? Yeah. Well, I was just, I had too many things going on. 
So like I was trying to build a school. I was in a pageant. I had this company and I was moving around countries. I was just like, I, I can't manage this anymore. Okay. I mean, it's so good to stop and reflect and yeah. make new choices that yeah. are in alignment for you with where you are now. So that's so yeah. cool. And then after you went to the Philippines, so you're in the Philippines, yeah. you let go of your company, you're still yeah. in the pageant world, yeah. building houses. Yeah. And then what? And then I started working at Snapchat. From the Philippines. So I left the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> It's a journey. You just couldn't get enough of LA Tech. <laughs> yeah. So eventually after the pageant, right. I moved back to the States. At that point, I was toying between moving back to tech or starting a TV show in the Philippines, a travel okay. TV show. Because, you know, I have been in the Philippines for a while. I needed to be in the U.S. again. Right. To maintain my residency in California. Yeah. So I was just going to be here for like a week or two weeks. But I got a job at Snapchat. You got a job at Snapchat in those two weeks that you were just trying to maintain residency? Yeah. Your life is insane. Okay. And then, <laughs> and what was the job? The same thing. Marketing strategy at Snapchat. So, And how early on was Snapchat at this point? This was... I'm really bad with years, but it was... No, but I mean in the stage of the, of the company. Oh, like, it was right after they IPO'd and okay. um, the launch of the second Spectacles. So it was like already... Woo! Like yeah. everywhere. Okay. Yeah, cool. it was everywhere. Yeah. There was a ton of buzz about the the Snapchat spectacle bots. And what about your because I think it's pretty spectacular, speaking of spectacles, that <laughs> um that you were hired as a marketing strategist for Snapchat when it was already a lot bigger. Yeah. What was it about your resume that were like, we have to have this girl? Yeah. So um at that point, Snapchat was playing with performance marketing. So, you know, running ads on Google, Twitter, Pinterest. So I had a really strong performance marketing background with the agency that fired me. And then the agency... The one with the, one with the, with the language thing? Yeah, That's with the language thing. And then the agency that I had before that, that I got because I was broke. <laughs> yeah. I remember that yeah. part. And because I built the Feet Socks website. So all of that together, they're like, okay, maybe we can take a chance on you. How did you find it in those two weeks? Like, what were you looking at? They found me on LinkedIn. What are you talking about? Like, your luck must be insane. Are you a lucky person? (sighs) I've never won anything in my life. Except for a job at Snapchat. No, like (laughs) raffles or like anything that you like. I've never called a radio game thing. Yeah. So I don't think I'm lucky. But yeah, I was minding my own business trying to retain my permanent residency. Isn't that like, have you ever stopped and thought about like how crazy cosmic that is? Yeah. Like you're in L.A. for legit two weeks. Nothing to do with finding a job. And then some one of the biggest tech companies in the world is like, do, do, do on LinkedIn. And it's like, oh, want to want to be hired? And you're like, yeah. Yeah. How convenient. Like, oh, no, it was insane. Like, I did not even know that thing on LinkedIn where you, ha- you can let recruiters know that you're, that you're looking interested. for a job. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't have that toggle on. Crazy. I was just minding my own business and it was so insane. Bizarre. I was so flattered. That's so cosmic. Yeah. You were meant to have that job for sure. And it, I mean, Snapchat was an amazing company when I was there. I just remember like I was sitting next to executives who built Coca-Cola, built all these big brands. Yeah. And they would look at me and just like, what do you think about this? You're the performance marketing expert here. Right. 
And I was just like, me? <laughs> How long were you there for? About a year. So it's 11, 10 months. What do you think is the best thing that you learned from that experience? Like something that everybody listening can walk away with and apply to their own lives. I'm sure there's so many. One of the best things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think people there are so, so passionate about what they're doing. You know, like people live and breathe the part of the puzzle that they are working on. Right. But at the end of the day, they're always willing to learn from other people. Like they know that they will never be experts in everything. And that's mm. something that I really valued in my heart that they can look at me and say, you're the expert in this. What do you think? <sighs> that's such a rarity it was insane. Too. Yeah. Especially a in a big company like that. In all places, people hire other people. And then all of a sudden they're telling the expert that they hired what to do is like, well, why did you hire me then? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, at Snapchat, I really felt like they looked at me as an expert in the space, which was an amazing feeling, yeah. really boosted my confidence yeah. and like feel like, you know, I actually know what I'm doing. Yeah. And then while I was at Snapchat, I was looking for like, what is the best like direct buy I can buy? And Musical.ly came up because I remember when I was babysitting, all these kids were all about Musical.ly. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe it's a similar audience. Yeah. So I reached out to them. And then that's how I got introduced to, to TikTok. And then they got really lucky and <laughs> said a few magical lines and were able to convince <laughs> you to come over. Yeah. And how long have you been with TikTok now? I've been with TikTok for... A year in November. So that would be, what is it now? Almost March. <laughs> and December, January, February, three months. What do you think makes an excellent marketing strategist? Someone who stays relevant and it's someone who's really innovative. I like someone who has a background on anything. Yeah. So someone who is not just like a CPG background, but someone What's who... What's CPG? Um, consumer product goods. So okay. someone who worked at Coca-Cola yeah. or like all of the big brands. Right. But someone who also have been from the ground up. So yeah. like someone who dabbled in startups and did performance marketing. So they know the whole gamut and then is willing to keep learning. And what do you think makes you an absolute excellent marketing strategist? I would say it's so cheesy, but I think it's because I have a cool story. It's I not cheesy. <laughs> I remember when I was at Snapchat, I would always bring up in the strategy, the part where I came from the Philippines. Yeah. Which, you know, so that the stories don't just stay in America and it's not just an American story. Right. But it's a story that the whole world can relate to. In your career, what's one huge obstacle that you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? I think the biggest thing is moving from therapy to tech and all the changes that I've done from, I would say, like tiaras to tech, doing pageants to going back into tech was very challenging because I had to build the network again that I have, reshape my thinking so I can get into this marketing yeah. strategy tech mindset yeah, and always making sure that I'm up to date with everything, even if I... You know, I didn't start as a, a tech person or yeah. a marketing person. Yeah. And just like diving in. So one question I always like to ask, and I, I legit don't know the answer. Have you ever been on a podcast before? No, I don't think so. Dude, this is your first. Yeah. Dude, give me five. Yay. <laughs> so, so many women I interview have never been on a podcast before. And now hundreds of interviews in, I think it is this like really cool opportunity where I just think it's so cool that other people could hear the podcast and be like, I want them on my show too. Yeah. And I'm hoping 
that both of my pop women in tech and we are tech are these launching pads for everybody getting even more exposure you know like it's just that's so yeah it blows my mind how many people I interview that have never been on a podcast before well you have an amazing platform and it's really nice that you're providing opportunities for women to tell their stories and what would you say is one of the best pieces of advice that you've gotten? I think it's to I actually learned this from Justin, who's one of my friends, and it's your network is your net worth. You know, never be greedy with a network that you have, which also ties with a community. Always be generous and always be willing to connect people to people that you know. I feel like that helps you service the community that and, you grew up in or whatever. And, and tell us about I mean, Justin is a community, an LA Tech community champion. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about Justin and all the thing, all the things that he's done? So many things. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So Justin is one of my Justin best Bre- friends. How do you say his Justin name? Brezhnev? Brezhnev. I can Justin never pronounce Brezhnev it. <laughs> built LA Hacks. He built Control Collective. Perfect Pitch. We went to college together. He built Hacker Fund, which I'm a volunteer of. Hacker Fund creates hackathons all over the country, provide mentors to children who might not have mentors in the tech community so that, you know, people in underprivileged communities can feel and find people in the Facebooks and the Instagrams of the world that they can connect to. And all these jobs won't be so far-fetched, but so real with the people that they get to connect to. And we'll include it in the show notes too. Definitely connect with Justin. He's been legit prolific in LA tech community building forever. He's OG. You've been an entrepreneur before and you've also been like a teammate and employee. Yeah. What's the difference? Like, you know how, I mean, obviously that's a trick. So many people say the employee is like the bad guy. And like, you know, I don't agree with that. What's the pro and con or I, of the two worlds? Yeah. How can you love both? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think at the core, I will always build and do things that I'm passionate about. So I would say like at Snapchat, at TikTok, or any of the big companies that I've been in, I still have the causes that I championed when I was an entrepreneur. So I still love education. I still work in charities. At TikTok, I started Create for a Cause. Um, which is, you know, the um, the TikTok for good aspect of TikTok. We're helping communities. It's interesting because when I give speeches, I always say you have opportunities to be an entrepreneur within an organization. And yeah. I think sometimes people don't see entrepreneurship as happening inside of an organization. I think that's really, really true. And I think I was listening to this podcast recently that you should never, you know, as the company progresses, People stop thinking like a founder, but I think it's important to stay thinking like a founder and always having this like day one aspect in you where you will always rally for the company, whether it's like using your personal network, the things that you know, and thriving to make sure that you retain the knowledge that you would have been looking for if you are by yourself and rallying for yourself in your own company. Definitely. And you've now worked at two of the largest and most important tech companies in the world. What would you recommend in getting hired? What is something that people could do who also want to work at L.A. tech companies? How can they position themselves, market themselves? What kind of resume do they need to have? Do they <laughs> do, do they need to create a video now too, like a video resume? Like, 
how can you know yeah. someone listening right now that's like, I really want to live in Los Angeles and work for a tech company. What should they do? Well, you should know what you want and what kind of job you want. So I would say like if you want to be an SEO specialist at Facebook, just stalk the job, know the team that you're working in and then know every single job description that they have and see if you're a perfect match and make sure that you are the perfect match and they can't say no to you. Um, and then research and reach out to the people who are members of the team and see what it's like. Don't ask them for a job, but ask them for how they feel about the job and what kind of things do they do? What's their day to day like? And then aligning yourself with their values, learn about the company and what kind of projects they do. Excite yourself and then submit your resume, I guess. <laughs> Perfect. What is your favorite book? What is my favorite book? I don't know. I read a lot of books. I I remember I used to say The Little Prince because I read that over and over again when I was a kid. But I mean, there's so many great books out there. It's hard to choose. <laughs> no, The Little Prince counts. And yeah. what's your favorite tech tool, um, like a mobile app or hardware or software? I would say LinkedIn. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. I love learning on LinkedIn. Re- learning? Yeah, so... I mean, not just their Linda software, which is also amazing, by yeah. the way. Um, I recommend it to everyone, especially like when I, I know people who are trying to look for jobs. I tell them to get credited and get, get certificates for every single aspect in the job description. From Linda. Yeah, from yeah. Linda. Um, by the way, if you guys don't know, Linda is not a person. <laughs> Linda, <laughs> Linda, it was a person, actually. Yeah. Someone named Linda created Linda that was later acquired by LinkedIn. And it's their educational um, programming. Yeah. It's L-Y-N-D-A. Yeah. But a lot of professionals there just showcase their crafts, showcase the stuff that they're interested in. And it's a really good learning inspirational tool. And it's also really cool that if you like someone's post, it goes to all their networks. So everyone seems so reachable. I I would Mm. say you get the most reach on LinkedIn out of all the social platforms. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. Never thought about it in that way. Yeah. And how can people connect with you online? LinkedIn, Instagram. I'm all over the Internet. Can you spell your name for everybody on LinkedIn? It's K-R-Y-S-T-L-E. My last name's Ong Hanko, O-N-G-J-A-N-C-O. And we'll include it in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. If you want to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary women around the world, be sure to join the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. Takes you straight there, womenintechvip.com. Say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Hi, my name is Chriselle Onghanko. I am a marketing strategist at TikTok, and TikTok is a short-form video app. I am based in Los Angeles, California, and you are listening to Women in Tech. If you too want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com.
We're so proud of what we've created with the Women in Tech podcast. To support us in our journey to celebrating women in tech around the world, go to womenintech.fm and click on the donation link on the right side of the page. That's womenintech.fm. The donation link is the top right side of the page. We really appreciate you being a part of our journey and we look forward to celebrating so many more women to come. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.